Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Well, happy almost New Year's, everyone. It's not surprising, I think, that the beginning of a new year or, or the ending of the old year is a time that we think of making New Year's resolutions. And if you've listened to any uh, late talk show hosts, you'll know the, the, the running gamut of New Year's resolution jokes. And, and I think that, too, is inevitable because how many New Year's resolutions have we made that within a few days or a few weeks long forgotten, right? That I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to go to the gym faithfully every week, that I'm going to finally ditch this old job that I don't like anymore this year, the, you know, the resolution after resolution, and somehow or other, within a fairly short period of time, it's as though it didn't happen. (laughs) It's as though, you know, what resolution? Did I make, yeah, maybe I made some resolutions. I wonder what they were. (laughs) Well, today my hope, my intention is that we will actually get a handle on making New Year's resolutions that work, that actually come about, that actually can motivate us into something more than just talking about the New Year's resolution. So that's my intent today. We'll see how it goes. Um, First of all, I think one of the reasons, though, that our New Year's resolutions fail is that we're really not ready for them. In Science of Mind, we believe that we are, as, as we exist right now, made up of all of the thoughts and ideas that we have about life up until now. So your current condition, you might think of it, whether you like your current condition or, or don't like it, whether you're satisfied or, or have more ambitions or whatever, where you are right now is made up of your beliefs and your thoughts and, and everything that got you to this point right now. And the trouble with New Year's resolutions is, is it's picturing us at some point in the future without the means from getting from here to there, without addressing the issues that we believe in right now. So, so for example, a really common New Year's resolution is, well, I'm going to start a new exercise program. I'm going to get so fit in 2015. But yet, I would ask you, what thoughts, what beliefs, what ideas about exercise do you have right now? Do you maybe have a thought, well, there's no time in my schedule. Where am I going to squeeze in three days a week going to the gym? Or you might think to yourself, well, getting fit is nice, but it's so expensive. Either I have to join a gym or I've got to buy a lot of equipment. You might think about an exercise program in terms of, well, you know, it's one of those things that I'm going to start, but am I actually going to be consistent in it? Do you see how I'm already self-sabotaging my desire to be more active and more fit for next year, right? I'm already coming up with all of the reasons why, well, it's not really going to work out. And so instead of exercising, what am I doing? I'm sitting down and talking about exercising, which I guess is a place to start But if we want to get off of the start button, if we want to move forward in whatever it is, whether it's exercise, whether it's a new job, whether it's new love in your life, whatever your intention might be, you may have a whole host of ideas why you're already not going to have it. And if that's true, then you're not going to have it. 
I was counseling someone last year, for instance, uh, and her idea, her desire was to have more money in her life. And so we were talking about it a little bit, and I got this little idea in my head, and so I asked her a question. I said, well, how do you feel about rich people? And immediately you could see her kind of tense up a little bit. She said, well, I've known some rich people. They're usually kind of stuck up. And, uh, and sometimes I even wonder about how they got all that money to begin with. I'm guessing there was something a little fishy there. And of course, I know that so many people who are rich, that doesn't make them happy anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, well, no wonder you don't have much money. You don't want to become the thing. You don't want to be rich. So even the simplest things like having more money in our life, of having a job in our life, of, of having, I don't, I don't know what it might be, a, a new boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, or having a, an, an ideal marriage or whatever it may be, there are probably things that you think and believe and hold to be true right now in your heart of hearts or else you'd already have that thing. You'd be exercising. You'd be in that relationship. And so, yes, today, as part of our ceremony, we're going to ask you to give up something. You'll notice down here we have this um, little, uh, what do we want to call it, uh, our, our little burning uh, pile. And, uh, and among other things, we're going to ask you to write down some of the beliefs you have right now that could be, could be standing in the way of you actually achieving your heart's desire this year. So for instance, that, that woman that I talked to you about that had these beliefs about rich people, those would be beliefs we'd want to throw away. If I want to become wealthy, I better think that being wealthy is a good thing. I better think that there's no reason I can't be wealthy and be loving and joyous and happy and satisfied. Similarly, whatever your negative thoughts might be, anything that's holding you back, anything that's keeping you from your desire, we're going to put that on those little white pieces of paper in your program, and those are going to go on the burn pile. But I want to suggest that this is even maybe a titch more complicated than just that. It's like, if well, if I already knew what was standing in my way, I'd do something about it. And so I want to pitch to you one of the most common things that stands in almost all of our way, and that's the inertia of our lives. That's the idea that what I'm experiencing right now is probably as good as it gets. Most of us have the idea that something too much better than what we have right now just isn't for us. And I'll use another example. I was talking to someone earlier in this year and they wanted me to do some prayer work around a, a nicer apartment for them to live in. They were really kind of feeling that the neighborhood they lived in wasn't so safe. They were really kind of figuring, feeling that their apartment was really kind of old and dingy and the landlord didn't want to keep it up. And so they really wanted a new apartment. And I was saying, well, okay, I, I certainly can pray for you to have a nice new apartment, but have you thought of owning your own home? And you would have thought that I just suggested this person learn to walk on water. And so I asked him about it. I said, what, what's this feeling of, well, I could never do that? And he said, well, people like me just don't have houses. 
And I went, oh my gosh, let's talk about this a little more. And, and sure enough, his family had never had a house and, and, and a lot of his friends were all renters or, or, or didn't live in a situation where they felt they could have a house. And yet, I asked him, I said, well, you're working full time. What, you know, why would you have this? I mean, I, not that I'm trying to sell houses, <laughs> but, but it just, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> and there may be realtors here who would help that person with that. But, uh, but it seemed so clear to me that this was one of those beliefs that was just going to stand in this person's way. If truly he believed that there were limitations on how good his life can be based, whether it be based on his age or his income or his race or the neighborhood he was brought up in or whatever, this is a trouble. This is trouble. What you're basically saying is what? I'm not good enough. And when we have the idea that we're not good enough for love, when we have the idea that we're not good enough for a really great job, if we have the idea that we're not good enough or, or it's not appropriate that we have a wonderful place to live or, or good friends or, or a lovely way of being in the world or people who are close to us or, or you name the things that you might set as intentions. If you believe that it's not for you, then it won't be for you then it's just in the realm of being wishful, hopeful, and will go the way of all New Year's resolutions. And so, I want you to think about, as you're writing something on the little white pieces of paper, something you're willing to give up, maybe you need to give up your own ability to self-sabotage yourself. Maybe you need to give up your own thoughts of lack of, or of limitation. Now they may have served you in the past, right? It may, it may have been good to play life small at some point. There's probably a, something in each one of us that knows that when I play it small, I play it safe. If I don't rock the boat, the boat won't tip over. I hope we can put that aside today. I think we deserve more than the same old, same old. I think we deserve to explore life in its fullest, in its grandest form. And so even if all you wrote on your willing to give up category was the smallness of my life as it is right now, that would be an awesome thing to give up. Now they say, what, what's the statement that, uh, uh, that athletes use, no pain, no gain? I want to say, I want to alter that a little bit and, and say it, it, it's not that we have to experience pain, but I do think we need to be able to give up something. I think what we give up is the old version of ourself. If we want to have Larry version two, and it's going to be fabulous, then Larry version one, right, needs to be de-installed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be willing to give up my comfort levels. I have to be willing to give up the, the Larry that my ego is holding really tight to right now, representing everything that I know and believe about myself and that I think is true about the world. And I have to be willing to give up the pieces of that just, just blindly and with some faith give it up for the consciousness of newness, for the belief that what it will be replaced with, because it's going to be very intentional from my thinking, will be worth the risk of things being a little hinky for a while. Do you know the hinky factor? 
The hinky factor is there's going to be a time when you're not version one and you're not version two, and it'll feel a little hinky. I I think it's a technical term. We'll look it up later. (laughs) But you have to be okay with that. And the bad news is it could last a month or more. It could last up to a couple months while you're in the flux of having given up the old you and moved into the new you. Okay, I think we've said enough about what we're going to give up what we're gonna release today on those white pieces of paper. Next, I wanna talk about intentions. Intentions are interesting animals. I think there's as much in how we think about the intention as the intention itself. Most of us set what I would call outward intentions. We say, I want a new house, meaning something outside of ourselves. We want a new job. We want a a new body. Well, a a new body, you may not think of it as outside yourself because it is part of yourself, but still we treat it as though, right? It were that thing outside of us, that body that we want that isn't me right now. And so most of us will set intentions like, I'm going to get a new job this year. I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. I'm going to find the love of my life this year. All these sort of what I think of as outward things. And I want to challenge you on that. Because when you get that thing, that outward thing, whether it be a change in your body or a new car or whatever it is, are you necessarily going to feel any different? See, here's the trouble with resolutions. And one of the reasons we, get, we don't keep them very well, we get halfway into it and we realize, you know, I lost half of the weight I wanted to lose and I'm still depressed. <laughs> we, we're, we're putting out some job interviews, right, for the new job, uh, job of our dream. We go to the interview and we come home and we go, I don't think I want to work there either. It's because what needs to change isn't on the outside. What needs to change is right here. If we want more love in the world, we need to change to be more love. If, if we want to have more abundance in the world, it isn't just a job that pays more or winning the lottery. It's the acceptance in ourself that we are deserving of the wealth of the universe. And so when you're crafting your intentions today, I want you to think of it kind of in in two little pieces. One, go ahead and go with your initial urge. If your initial urge is, I want to get fit this year. If your initial urge is, I want a better job this year, that's okay. But I also want you to think beyond the thing into the what you hope to achieve from it. So if losing the weight isn't just about fitting into smaller clothes, but it's really, it's really that you're imagining or hoping you'll feel happier about yourself, then perhaps a better intention is, I love myself in 2015. I absolutely have re-fallen in love with myself. If your idea on uh, getting a new apartment isn't just the apartment, but it's feeling safer and more secure or, or that uh, your life is more streamlined because the apartment is organized better or something like that, then maybe your intention should be around safety and security and order. 
Because I got to tell you, we can turn a brand new apartment into a terrible mess in about a week and a half during the unpacking (laughs) process, right? Can't we? So think beyond the thing and imagine what that thing would bring you. And maybe that's the source, a better source, of something that we will stick with in terms of an intention. Because the thing may not have to, to bring you the happiness you desire. All right, one more thing about the thing, and I'm gonna actually read from someone who's much more eloquent than I am. This is Howard Thurman's The Moments of High Resolve. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Despite the dullness and barrenness of the days that pass, if I search with due diligence, I can always find a deposit left by some former radiance. I had forgotten. Now at the time it was full-orbed, glorious, and resplendent. I was sure that I would never forget this intention. In the moment of its fullness, I was sure that it would illuminate my path for the rest of my journey. But I had forgotten how easy it is to forget. There was no attempt to betray what seemed so sure at the time. My response was whole, it was clean and authentic. But little by little, there crept into my life the dust and the grit of the journey. Details, lower level demands, all kinds of cross currents, nothing momentous, nothing overwhelming, honestly, just wear and tear. Now, if there had been some direct challenge to my intention, a clear-cut issue, I would have fought it to the end and beyond. So in the quietness of this place, surrounded by all the pervading presence of God, my heart today whispers, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve that in fair weather or in foul, In good times or in tempests, in the days when the darkness and the foe are nameless or familiar, that I may not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. He has three things in here that I think are critical if we want to make something out of our New Year's resolutions. The first piece of it, he says, I had forgotten how easy it is to forget. Honestly, that is the the most common place that we will lose sight of our New Year's resolutions. By the time we're into week two or week three, we suddenly won't even notice that we're back to Larry version one again that we've lost sight of what it is that we're becoming, that we've forgotten our, our promises to ourselves. you know, whether it be going to the gym three days a week or whether it be eating better, whether it be putting job applications out to actually get that new job, whatever it is, we will have simply lost sight of it. You need to have a plan. If you want your resolutions to be fully orbed and move forward in life, you need a plan for taking it into life. So if it's more exercising, you know, get that calendar out. How many days a week and which days and what times and what gym? <laughs> if, the, if the goal is to have a, a maybe a new love in your life, what, what's the plan for it? Now, now you might be saying, Larry, please, you're not going to have me right on my calendar that I'm going to go out and on Tuesday find someone to love, are you? 
Maybe I am. <laughs> we have to make steps even in those areas. Believe me, sitting at home on the sofa is not the best way to invite a new person in your life, right? We have to make ourselves available. Maybe we sign up for a Friday night dance class. Maybe we join a book club. Maybe we do some things that will put us in a situation where we can meet people and we're committed to it. In the same way that we might be committed to an exercise program, by gosh, we need to be committed to finding someone to share our lives with. We need to be committed towards finding that new job, even if it requires acting as if. I remember when I got the job at the telephone company, I rode the bus every day into town and had lunch at the Blue Cross building across from where I initially got my first job, just to practice to practice in my own head of what it would be like to have a nice job in downtown Portland. I practiced it. The second thing that, uh, that Howard Thurman reminds me of is that dusk and the dust and the grit that he talks about wearing us down. Sadly, the people and things in our life may not necessarily catch on to this version two of you. And so the little voices that aren't even in your head but are the voices of the people you even love may be saying things like, like, Larry, would you like a piece of cake? <laughs> they might be saying things like, Larry, you don't need to go to exercise club today. It'd be so much fun if we did a little shopping. That may not seem like dust and grit, but the people reacting to us the way we used to be, the way we no longer choose to be, this is that, I don't know what you call it. It, it. It's the inertia of life. It's the old you being reflected back through the faces and the words of the people who we think love us. They don't know any better. We need to have a plan for resisting if ever there was a devil, and I'll try, to, I'll try to do my, I should try to do my devil voice. Larry, would you like a piece of cake? <laughs> right? We all hear those voices. What's our plan? What is literally our plan? We need to have a plan for moving forward, and we also need a plan for, for putting the brakes on. We need to have a plan for saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't just have one cigarette after meals. What am I thinking? Wait a minute. I can't pass on exercising this week because I'm a little tired after work. It's exercise that's gonna give me the more energy to not be tired. We have to have an answer when people come to us or we have the thoughts in our own head that are gonna keep us from experiencing what we want to experience. We have to have the answers. We have to be able to come right back and just say, that cake looks lovely and I'm gonna pass, thanks. We have to be right on the spot and say to ourselves, even though I'm tired today, this is my gym day. And what I remember is how good I feel when I come home tired from the gym and I'll feel great tomorrow. Today is the very day I shouldn't skip going to the gym. We have to be ready for those. Last but not least, I want to read the last sentence here. May I not forget that to which my life is committed. 
We have to really make a commitment. A resolution on the surface maybe isn't the same as a commitment. And in fact, I think I have a great joke about commitment that I want to share with you folks. So the pig and the chicken are walking down the road. The chicken says, hey pig, I was thinking we should open a breakfast restaurant together. Wouldn't that be fun? The pig replies, well maybe, what would we call it? The chicken responds, how about ham and eggs? Well, the pig thinks for a moment and says, I think I'm going to pass. It's a nice idea, but it's really too much commitment for me. (laughs) So what are you willing to do to have these New Year's resolutions really represent a commitment for you? Honestly, Is this a wish that you have, a wouldn't it be nice thing? Or is it a commitment? Do you know when uh, these kinds of resolutions are almost always successful? When they've been preceded by a trip to the hospital. People are actually really successful of stopping smoking when they've had a visit to the hospital and talked to a cardiologist. People are really successful at changing their exercise program when the doctor looks them in the eye and says, I think you'll live maybe another five years. We do not want to experience these motivators. (laughs) And yet, the level of commitment may need to be similar. The commitment to ourselves, the commitment to what is here for us, the commitment to our receiving more life and more love and more joy needs to be right up there with the commandment from a health official. It needs to be as important to this new version of yourself. Larry Point 2 needs to be so important that we're willing to do what's necessary. What I know is you now have enough information to be at least dangerous and and hopefully really useful. We're going to pause here to write out uh, on the little slip of gold paper that which you wish to affirm, your intention or your resolution from the year, and then also on the white piece of paper that which you're willing to give up, that old version of yourself with its old ideas that you want to give up. We have all had the opportunity to set a New Year's resolution, to to set forth uh, some new intentions for this year, and I just want to anchor them in a final prayer. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness in this universe. I call this thing God, but by definition here in Science of Mind, we know that the idea of God includes all. It includes all of the love that is present in the universe. It includes all the material goods of the universe. It includes the the friends and the families that, that we cherish. It includes perfect jobs, wealth. It includes joy and grandkids. It, it includes truly all that there is. And so there's nothing outside of God. Truly, each person's intention here today is part of God. And would God deny itself anything? Would us, as a part of God, be denied the the joy and and the pleasure of life at its fullest? The only person that can have that in denial is our own self. 
And so for releasing today, I simply release anything on the behalf of anyone in this room that might keep them from experiencing their full, most wonderful life in 2015. And I affirm for them that their intentions are made manifest, that God simply, simply says yes. And so I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for each person here coming forward um, with their heart, with their, with their hearts open to receive something new and something better. Simply grateful for God showing up in this very room as the people who are here. I'm grateful for this. I let it be, and so it is. So let's stand for our benediction. If you'd like, you can take the hand of the person next to you. Uh, and you can repeat after me if you like. Something wonderful is flowing through me right now. Something wonderful is flowing through me right now. It is this thing called life. Life is in my mind. Life is in my body. And life is in my affairs. I think it. I feel it. I expect it. Because I am it. And just the way that I am. Know with me that you are never alone. If at any time during the day or night, if forgetfulness might creep upon you, I invite you to go within and on that altar of the Most High, recognize that you are loved. And in gratitude for this certainty, I let it be, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.